Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. What up, Raider Nation? What? Right back out to uh, the screaming phone lines. Uh, we got Rosie in Australia. How are you doing, Rosie? Hey, Vincent. Hey, Rosie. How you doing, brother? Oh, well, it's, uh, it's uh, Mitch. Mitch. Oh, okay. Rosie. But uh, my grandmother was a Rosie. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Sure. Uh, Mitch, how you doing? It's okay. <laughs> hey, uh, I'll make it quick. Um, you got to like what you do with the, the offensive line. It takes it up pretty good. Almost four-fifths of it. And the defensive line. I mean, Colin Farrell won't be playing like uh, Jim Farrell. Farrell, excuse me. I think that's a good defense line we have there. Um, and the wide receivers, I, I was pissed they let Nelson Aguilar, but it was he chased the money. You got to be happy w- w- with a tight end and three wide receivers. Do you think in the second round, I think on the first round, go go defense. Second round, you think they get a, go for a running back? Just a compliment. What we have, and we do have a good one, but uh, I think yeah. nowadays they should have two good ones, several good ones at least. No doubt about it. Not sure that uh, uh, the running back would be in that second round. Um, You know, I think that if we look at things, um, you know, uh, as it stands today, and there's still plenty of time before the draft to get some positions rectified, I think safety uh, is an area the Raiders need to uh, address, and uh, and obviously right tackle um, is is kind of just staring you right 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 in the eye. Um, So uh, I think those two positions. What's wrong with that? What's that? I would hate to see him draft an offensive lineman in the first round. Well, um, you know, it, it, it depends. I mean, I think that I think that you know, with the defensive lineman that they've brought in, uh, Solomon Thomas, uh, Quinton Jefferson, uh, you know, re-signing Jonathan Hankins. They have David Irving. Uh, Mo Hurst is coming off of, of, of a, a good year. And, and Colin you know, Fowle. They're deep. They have, they'll still have a good player. Yeah, uh, exactly. Right, and um, so, and you still have Carl Nassib. I think that you know um, they've created some flexibility, and Yannick Ngagwe, obviously, they've created some flexibility uh-huh. where they don't have to necessarily, um, you know, reach for a edge rusher um, or even a defensive lineman, def- an interior defensive lineman. Uh, you know, uh, you just in, in the draft, like seven, eight there. They could, What's they could that? Go with a five uh, man. You just think like seven, eight guys on the defensive line. Didn't go with a five-man defensive line like the Minnesota Vikings did. Uh, yeah, there's ago. a lot of there's a lot of different things that they can absolutely do. Uh, there's no question about that. And but in terms of what it what it allows them now to do in the draft, uh, I don't think they have the urgency, um, you know, to to to. Uh, uh, you know, get on that defensive line isn't as prevalent as it was this time yesterday. So, so now they can be real flexible with that 17th pick. Maybe it is an offensive tackle. This is a really good draft for offensive tackles. So, don't be surprised if that's the direction that they go in. Or maybe it's the safety um, if they don't if they don't get that fixed uh, here uh, in these next week or so uh, in terms of free agency. But we will see where it goes. Um, and you know, I, I really think that they have strengthened this defensive line, though, in a, in a, in a big way. Uh, back to the nation, uh, Raider Nation line. Nick wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing? Is this Nick? Yes, it is. What's up, brother? Hey, man. Good, man. I just wanted to uh, talk about some of the signings, uh, some of the things I personally thought were pretty good. 
that the Raiders went ahead and did. I know a lot of people yesterday were kind of upset because uh, they thought they released uh, Rodney Hudson. I'm actually happy that they picked up a third-round pick. Um, when Rodney uh, had gotten hurt a little bit, um, Andre James filled in for him. I thought he did pretty well. Um, and then uh, uh, just back on some of the signings, though, uh, I personally like that they signed uh, John Brown. I believe that he's probably going to be a more productive player. I believe it also helps uh, Henry Ruggs kind of step up to the plate. I think he's going to be a much more productive player than uh, Nelson Aguilar, and I think Nelson Aguilar's production is going to fall off quite a bit, and he's definitely not worth $13 million per season. Um, the other thing that I wanted to bring up is I'm happy to bring back uh, Richie Incognito over Kyle Long. I like Kyle a lot, um, obviously because his daddy's a legacy player, but I think continuity on the offensive line is the biggest thing uh, the Raiders can can uh, gain by bringing back Richie, uh, Denzel Good, and then uh, having Andre James. Now, I'm not saying there shouldn't be any type of um, uh, competition at at, uh, at the positions there, but I believe continuity is the biggest thing to have in your locker room. And, of course, leadership that you're going to be losing uh, now with Rodney Hudson leaving. And then as far as the... Uh, secondary i would like to see it addressed but i believe the d-line is uh kind of goes hand in hand with the secondary because if you have guys that are a little weak on the back end if you can get after that uh, uh o-line if you can get after that quarterback i believe that it'll help the secondary that much more especially a guy with a, a pass rush moves like yannick you have max crosby you have cleveland Farrell. uh now i'm curious to see who they're going to use if uh, Jonathan Hankins might get hurt at the one technique spot. It seems like they have a lot of three technique guys, uh, including Cleland Phil that can uh, kind of play down in that area. But uh, yeah, I'd like to get your take on potentially what can happen next, and maybe uh, talk about the just the thoughts that I had. Thanks for taking my call, man. You got it. Thank you. Uh, I think um, uh, tackle uh, is, is is something that they're going to have to take a look at, um, whether it's in free agency or in the draft. I think secondary, uh, some veteran, uh, you know, a, a veteran cornerback. I'm not saying that they uh, that they're going to bring somebody in that's going to, um, you know, start, uh, you know, over Damon Arnett or certainly not Trayvon Mullen, but somebody that can that can come in and whether it's competing at slot cornerback or, or um, you know, for, uh, the third cornerback, fourth cornerback uh, coming off the bench. I think you'll see some of that um, and free safety. There's a lot of good safety prospects uh, that are still on the board in free agency, and those numbers for them are going down. The money's going down. So I think the Raiders are going to be in a pretty good position in free agency uh, to get some value uh, for their buck at, at safety. Um, and, and if they can, then again, it opens up the door uh, for them to, to uh, do something maybe that – differently in the draft at 17 than we originally uh, suspected. Um, you know, I look at that offensive tackle population. You look at last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, uh, drafting, uh, you know, uh, um, Tristan Wirfs um, from Iowa, number 13 pick in the draft. And that dude was a day one stalwart, almost Pro Bowl level uh, uh, tackle in, as a rookie. This defense, this tackle group this year coming out is, is, is better. Uh, than the one that came out last year. I think at number 17, the Raiders are going to have uh, a pretty good selection uh, to choose from in terms of tackles, guys that could play day one. And so maybe that takes care of your right tackle right there with the young 
uh, a player uh, opposite Colton Miller. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Thanks for the call, Nick, by the way. Uh, uh, Cade is up next. How you doing, Cade? I'm doing good, brother. How are you? Doing really good. Thank you. Hey, man. Um, first of all, I just want to say I really like how you're interacting with these fans, man, <laughs> on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> got a lot of got a lot of fan GMs out there think they know what they're talking about. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I really like what the Raiders are doing. I thought today they brought in two uh, pretty good rotational uh, D linemen with Thomas and Jefferson. Um, you know, Yannick, dude, that was a big-time edge rusher. I think that kind of forces the Raiders uh, – not to have to reach or, uh, you know, necessarily grab an edge or an inside guy anymore in the draft. You know, they can focus uh, elsewhere, maybe in the secondary or the, the offensive line or, you know, if they're feeling hot, maybe even another receiver. I mean, that wouldn't put it past those guys. But uh, I wanted to ask you, man, I have wanted the Raiders since I found out Richard Sherman was not going back to the Niners or Patrick Peterson for that matter. I want to know if you know anything about them and if you think the Raiders may capitalize on one of those guys. Well, um, you know, a guy like Richard Jefferson, I, 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 I really like. And, um, you know, I, I think he could still play uh, without question. And uh, I think he would be a tremendous mentor uh, to some of the young players that they have here. I just, I, you know, uh, I think one of the things that, you know, the Raiders are have to be thinking about is, you know, you can't, is that line between bringing somebody in that's going to take somebody's job uh, or somebody that's going to be, you know, uh, in addition to. And I I really think that there's a a dedication in the building uh, to get Damon Arnett on the field as much as possible. They need him to to develop. And they're really high on him. And the player that that I saw, I, I, I repeat this often, the player that I saw in training camp, uh, looked the part, played the part, acted the part. Uh, he looked like a guy that was going to have a, a really good rookie year, but then he got hurt, uh, and that really sabotaged everything about the rest of his season. It just, it just did. He was playing hurt uh, with the cast on his right hand. Um, then he went down, had to have surgery. Um, uh, he wasn't able to get into the weight room. The conditioning went down. Uh, he comes back, and he gets hurt a couple of times. So it was just a really weird year. Uh, for Damon Arnett, and there was a lot of extenuating circumstances, but they believe that he can play. And I think it's incumbent on them to put him out there and get him uh, as much playing time as possible. Um, But I do think that there's a need for somebody behind him and Trayvon Trayvon Mullen as far as that fourth wide receiver or that fourth cornerback. We don't know necessarily what's going to happen at slot cornerback. Uh, Amik Robertson, um, you know, as of right now, would be first in line to take over there, uh, drafted for, in the fourth round last year out of Louisiana Tech. Um, and we don't know what's happened with Nevin Lawson. Uh, he's a free agent right now. So uh, they're definitely going to have to do something at cornerback to bring in some some other guys. Isaiah Johnson still looms. Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he fits in Gus Bradley's defense. He wasn't given much of an opportunity these last couple of years. Um, but with a new coaching staff, a new opportunity arises for Isaiah Johnson. And I still think that there's some upside for a guy that's, you know, what, six foot two, uh, tremendous athlete. He's showed in that Chargers game last year in Los Angeles uh, what he's capable of doing in, in crunch time, makes, comes up with two outstanding plays to basically save that game. It'll be interesting to see where, where, where he is. Uh, Keyshawn Nixon uh, is, is still here. So, um, you know, there's, there's things to do in the secondary, but I, I'm not against. Uh, a Richard Sherman. It just—I'd have to see what the role is, and I'd have to see 
um, you know, uh, f- f- at least from my vantage point, don't want it to interrupt uh, the development of a Damon Arnett and a Trayvon Mullen. The Raiders invested high draft picks in both of these guys. They need to get them developed. And the best way to do that is to get out on the football field uh, and play. Really appreciate um, uh, the, the, the call, uh, Cade. Uh, up next is Ron. I uh, want to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Ron? How you doing there, Vinny? I'm doing good, thank you. Hey, uh, what do you think of uh, Anthony Harris? You, you're talking safeties. I think it would be at this point a great addition, no question about it. Um, the Raiders have a have a um, a black hole, no uh, pun intended, really at free safety. There's no question about it. Um, and I, I've been saying this for a while. I thought that you know um, you know that that was a real priority uh, coming into free agency. Uh, I was bullish on John Johnson. Uh, fully admit that he got paid by the Cleveland Browns. Tip my cap to John. I'm happy for him. Um, right. But I think that you know somebody like Anthony Harris, who has shown. Uh, you know, that he can cover uh, on the back end. He comes up with plays. I think that this defense needs somebody that's going to force turnovers. He's shown in his career that he could come up with uh, with interceptions. Uh, and somebody that can just defend that back end and allow, you know, Jonathan Abram to do what he does, uh, be the backstop to Damon Arnett and, and Trayvon Mullen. The question is, how much is he asking for? It, I, I have to believe you know, with John getting paid um, and, and Anthony still uh, out there on the market and, and some other options being closed off uh, to him right now uh, with, with, with teams going in different directions, what's his market? How much is, you know, in, in terms of opportunities, teams um, that have openings for him, uh, but then also the money that is available to him? I'm sure, um, like a lot of other guys, he's kind of figuring out that the money that he thought was going to be there isn't there. Uh, so he has some decisions to make, and that could benefit the Raiders because maybe you get a, a, a player of his caliber at a far, uh, you know, much you know reduced price. I wouldn't be surprised if he, like some other guys, have already been doing, takes that one two year deal, um, you know, to get get on the field, uh, uh, prove it again, and then go back into a market next year that hopefully, um, with TV money coming into the picture, the salary cap hopefully going up after revenue rises. Um, with fans in the stands next year, uh, that they'd be in better position uh, to, to cash in. Uh, that's the unfortunate reality for some of these guys, but we all saw it coming. You know, uh, there weren't fans in the stands last year. The, the salary cap, you know, is, is, is down to $182 million from $198 million. The reality is it was supposed to be $220 million by now. So that's $40 million uh, uh, switch in the opposite direction that players, teams, everybody – are dealing with but yeah anthony harris at the right price absolutely um uh, appreciate the call ron uh, right. back out to the raider nation listener line todd is on the line he wants to talk about the need for a number one wide receiver uh, all right make your case todd i don't think that it's that it's necessary i don't think they need to spend big money uh, to go get a number one wide receiver i think they're pretty in pretty good shape but but i'm i'm willing to be swayed so give me your argument well, I, I just think right now we, we really don't have a number one because the, the rookie we got last year, he just he's he's more of a straight the field runner. Uh, 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 who else we had? Uh, the best receiver we had was Aguilar. He's gone. So right now, the only one you have that's a proven receiver is the tight end. I just feel like he need Carr needs some need to have somebody that he can see catch the ball a lot. Because if not, I, don't, I mean, I already I'm not too high on Carr, but he needs a top receiver to make him look good. Well, let me uh, let me run this by you. Uh, John Brown, who they just signed from the Buffalo Bills, uh, when he got on the field for 16 games two years ago, he 
it was uh, over 70 catches, over 1,000 yards. Um, he was the Buffalo Bills' number one wide receiver in 2019 on a playoff team. Uh, the Raiders just got him in there. What makes you think that he isn't you know, capable of uh, you know, replicating, you know, what, what Nelson Aguilar did. He's, he's faster. Um, he's, he's, he's been more productive over the course of his career. Uh, I don't see any reason why he can't come in and, and do what Nelson did. But isn't he coming off an injury this year? He, he's coming off some, yeah. I mean, there were, there were a couple of leg issues that he dealt with, but he came back, uh, you know, uh, toward the end of the, he played eight games, um, and, and, you know, uh, still had a productive year in the time that he was out there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure obviously that, that, that was a, that, that, that hampered him a little bit last year, but plenty of guys have, you know, had years where they were dealing with some issues and they came back completely fine, uh, the next year. That's for anybody. Injuries are always going to be a concern, but when he's healthy, um, he's been productive and he's shown that on a playoff, on a playoff team with the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, I'm not so sure that he's not going to be able to, to do exactly what Nelson Aguilar did, if not more. But I'm also counting on, and I think the Raiders are too, uh, Henry Ruggs to get better. That's what usually happens with young players. And, and you know, uh, they drafted him where they drafted him for a reason. And there is a belief that he's going to continue to get better and be the player that they wanted him to be. Uh, same with Brian Edwards, the young wide receiver from South Carolina. Um, both of those players dealt with injuries. Uh, both of those players had to deal with COVID-19 and all the ramifications of COVID-19 in terms of the practice and the schedule and, you know, the lack of off-season. So there's no reason to think that neither that either of those guys can't take the necessary step forward. And if that happens, then I think it lessens the need for a quote-unquote number one wide receiver. But we'll see. And I, again, I, I, I reiterate this a lot. A lot. Uh, and no question, it's incumbent on both of those guys to get better. Uh, they need to get better. That's the facts of the matter. That's how life works in the NFL. If you're not getting better, you're 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 getting worse. So it's the challenge is on them to put in the necessary work this offseason to come back ready to rock and roll, whether it's uh, in OTAs uh, in a, in a few months or and or uh, in training camp. Uh, they have to. Uh, hold up their end of the bargain and show that they could be dependable, reliable, productive, efficient football players. And I think that they're headed in that direction, but now they got to prove it. But if they do, uh, then I don't really, the whole number one wide receiver thing, I, I, I covered a Rams team that had three great wide receivers, uh, productive wide receivers, that on any given day, that Cooper Cup was the number one guy. And, uh, you know, Robert Woods was the number one guy. Brandon Cooks was the number one guy. Sammy Watkins was the number one guy. Just throw it. At, like a wave at the at defenses and let them get it done collectively along with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. When we get back, more calls and more talk about where do the Raiders go? Are there any more moves coming? Yes, there are. I'm just letting you know that there are. I don't know if it's going to happen tonight or tomorrow or Friday, but moves are coming. The Raiders are putting the work in to get better. We'll talk to you on the other side. No one gets you closer to the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy. What up, what up, what up, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM on a Wednesday. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Wow, what a day. But we were anticipating 
uh, big moves when you go into the day without you know uh, without four members of your of your offensive line. Uh, obviously, um, you probably got to get to work on your offensive line. Um, you know, and I say that kind of kiddingly because you know the freak out level yesterday of Raider Nation thinking that um, you know there was no plan or what are the Raiders doing? You know, and it's just like you got to let the dust settle, man. It's March. It was March sixteenth. Free agency hadn't even started yet, and um, you know, uh, it's. It, I, I know it's nerve wracking. You want your team to be better. We all understand that. But you got to understand that there's an ebb and flow to how all this works. Uh, there's also an ebb and flow in how information is getting out there. And for those first couple of days of free agency, the legal tampering period, 99% of the information that you're getting, that you're reading about, is agent-generated. I'm not taking anything away from agents. They, do a, they have a tough job, and they do a good job, and they have their clients um to 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 think about so but it's it 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 makes it a kind of a one-sided um um account of what's going on sometimes and you can't always let that determine you know your anxiety level let it all play out um and so i think today raider nation is a little bit more at ease ended up with a third round pick uh for rodney hudson that's no um uh, small potatoes right there uh, that's a pretty big deal, or pretty good deal, by by Mike Mike Mayock, uh, to be able to get that kind of value for that position, the age of the player, uh, the fact that it was well known uh, that he wanted to move on uh, for for Mike Mayock, the Raiders general manager, uh, to go ahead and and uh, reel in a third round pick this year in the 2021 draft, uh, in a pretty deep draft, by the way, uh, was was good news for for the Raiders. Good news for Raider Nation. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Kahan is on the line. Wants to talk about the Raiders. How are you doing, Kahan? I'm good. How are you? Doing really good. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I just had a question about. So the the we uh, the Raiders obviously need secondary help. Mm-hmm. And have you heard? Like, do you know of any potential targets that the Raiders might be targeting either at free safety or? even slot corner, outside corner? Well, um, you know, uh, it, it, it's it's that time of year where you're checking in on a lot of different guys, and, and I'm sure there's offers for a lot of different players. So, um, you know, I'm sure they've checked in with Anthony Harris and, and that, that safety population. Um, but there's some, there's some, you know, and, and I think, you know, uh, same thing at, at cornerback. I think they want to go veteran at cornerback. Somebody that's going to come in and uh, and work in addition uh, to the young guys, not you know in in lieu of and taking taking playing time away from guys that the Raiders really want to get and need to get uh, you know on the field. But um, you know Mike Clay brought it up uh, just a little while ago. Kareem Jackson uh, is a possibility. Deron Harmon uh, for the Detroit Lions is a possibility. Uh, Malik Hooker, Trey Boston. We're talking about safeties right now. Um, you know, any one of those guys at this point, uh, for the right price would fit nicely in, you know, with the Raiders. I don't think that they have to overreact right now. Um, because I think that that safety position, uh, is deep enough where, um, you know, they can kind of sit back, um, and, and, and let the market continue to work in their favor. Um, there, it takes discipline sometimes to do that. Uh, everybody wants to go fill every hole on on day one, and it becomes a frenzy and crazy and um, you know exhilarating and exciting. Um, but it's also very costly, and maybe not as cost effective. 
so I think the Raiders are doing a pretty good job right now, and you've seen it with the guys at the you know Quentin Jefferson at his price, uh, Solomon Thomas at the price that they were able to to bring him in, um, uh, John uh, uh, the, the, uh, the the wide receiver that they that they brought in, John you know, Brown. from the yeah John Brown from the Buffalo Bills. That was a really good price to get a John yeah. John Brown, and so you know you start. And and Mike Mayock talked about this uh, early on in the process uh, a couple weeks ago or a week ago when we when we talked to him about being patient and the importance of being patient, not getting caught up in that um, swell that happens. Uh, you know, yeah. uh, when when you're allowed to start talking to people and start making moves. So um, you know, I think that there's money left over. Uh, there's, there's, um, we'll still see what happens with Gabe Jackson and, and, uh, and, and Marcus Mariota. That could be even more money, uh, that they have to, to play with. So, uh, I think patience is, is, is a good move right now. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, back out to the Raider Nation listen line. Captain Kirk wants to talk about the Raiders. How you doing, Captain Kirk? Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you. Um, I wanted, just had two questions. One on offensive tackle, and I'd just like to piggyback on your recent comment about budget, do the Raiders have the budget for Okung or uh, Villanueva at uh, at an offensive tackle? And the second question is, what are the alternatives? Because I don't see free agency as far as a center is concerned. That looks real attractive, and I just wanted your thoughts. Yeah, I, I think they're uh, rolling with Andre James, uh, the center um, from UCLA that's been on the roster for a couple of years, dressed out all games last year. Didn't really play much, obviously, because Rodney Hudson – uh, was was an anchor, uh, but somebody that uh, behind the scenes scenes has been developing and showing that you know he's got the necessary attributes and is ready to ready to play. Um, so I think center uh, is gonna is gonna be Andre James. I'm not sitting here saying he's gonna replicate the performance of Rodney Hudson. That's hard to do. He's one of the best at what he does. Um, but there is some reason why a capable, experienced offensive line coach. Um, like uh, like like Tom Cable believes, hey, we're good. You know, it, 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 does it suck to have to you know trade and move on from from Rodney Hudson? Um, yeah, it does sometimes. Uh, but there's all kinds of reasons why it comes to this, uh, and a lot of times money comes into play because that salary cap is a real thing. Um, but uh, that doesn't mean that you don't have an answer in the building. And I think they believe that Andre James uh, is is capable of doing it. And then you start talking about you know, the, the, the offensive tackles that are in the draft. I think that's, you know, I, I wouldn't surpri- be surprised if they dip into free agency for a kind of a stopgap uh, tackle. But um, don't be surprised if, you know, you hear the names like Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, um, you know, and uh, Christian Darshar from, from Virginia Tech. Uh, guys like this, uh, Tevin Jenkins from Oklahoma State. Uh, this this draft is Phil Dylan Rad, uh, Radnuns from North Dakota State. I love that dude um, at uh, at at uh, the scouting combine in, in Mobile, Alabama. Guys like this is a, a Walker Little from Stanford. There's a lot of Samuel uh, Cosby from from Texas. There's a lot of tackles in this draft. Guys that you could project stepping in day one. Uh, and getting the job done uh, at that position at right tackle, and then when you start thinking about it, you're looking at, um, you know, uh, four four years of cost-effective uh, value um, at offensive tackle if they if they if they're able to hit 
whether it's the 17th pick or in the second round, they're going to have options at offensive tackle. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's the direction they go in. Uh, we're going to go back out to the Raider Nation list line. By the way, thank you, Captain Kirk, for your call. Uh, Dylan is on the line. He wants to talk about my guy, Juju Schuster. What's that, brother? Hi, Vinny. I just think uh, I think the Raiders need a real number one, an outside receiver. I don't think uh, John Brown, He's not. I don't think he's tall enough. Maybe Brian Edwards is, but I think Juju would help us, a physical receiver who can go up and get it. And I, I don't know if the Raiders have one of those right now. Well, um, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a huge Juju uh, uh, Schuster Smith guy. There's no question about it. But at some point, it all comes down to price and uh, allocating your money and spending it so that, you know, it's you're, you have a, a team that's built – with with balance uh, in mind, and uh, you're, you're strong at all positions or as many positions as you possibly can. Uh, I think at this point, Juju uh, Smith-Schuster, the number that he's probably expecting, the money that he's probably expecting, at this point, I don't think it's probably uh, feasible for the Raiders, unless he's willing to take a one-year deal um, and, and maybe you know get back out on the open market. Uh, then I don't see that happening. And as far as the number one wide receiver, again... Um, I don't, I, you know, the number one wide receiver, that whole thing, it's just, it's just a term. Uh, the way football works right now, especially the way you're spreading the ball around and spreading um, your, your offensive formations around, you know, you're going to have three, four wide receivers on the field at, at one time. You're consistently playing, you know, uh, w- when you're in 11 personnel with, with three wide receivers. And with the, ra- the way the Raiders are so multiple – uh, in, in how they line up, um, there's room for a bunch of guys. I don't think, if you really want to think about it, your number one wide receiver might just be your tight end, Darren Waller, and that's not a bad thing. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs. Who's the Kansas City Chiefs' number one wide receiver? Yeah, that's true. Are you there? Yeah, I don't really know. All of them are basically the number one. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very much. Exactly. <laughs> that is exactly the point. There is no number one, quote-unquote, wide receiver with the Kansas City Chiefs. It's a bunch of dudes that can beat your you-know-what on any given play. Down the field, across the field, on bubble screens, in the middle of the field. You want to go big and physical with the tight end. You want to go fast uh, you know, with, with, the, uh, with, with the speedsters that they have. Um, they're, they have. They're multiple, and they're versatile, and they come at you in waves. Every guy they come off, that comes off the bench... Um, it seems to be some sort of a crazy weapon. And there's nobody nobody cares about being the number one guy or this guy or that guy. That's old-school football. I don't think you need that. I think you need to just put as many good football players on the field uh, at any given time and be able to utilize them correctly. And I think that you know Henry Ruggs has a chance to be special. I think Brian Edwards has a chance to be special. I think John Brown can step in here uh, and and be a productive part uh, of all this. I think Hunter Renfro does what he does. Let's not forget about uh, Hunter Renfro. So I think that there's the makings of a very complementary, productive, versatile, efficient unit. Don't need... To to you know, go get the Odell Beckham. Every team would love to have an Odell Beckham uh, Jr. But those cost money. Number one, and number two, if you look through the history of the NFL, um, even in San Francisco, when you had you know uh, the, their wide receivers, obviously um, you know they had some prolific wide receivers, but there was always somebody else alongside. There was always a combination 
of receivers at this, that the great San Francisco 49er teams and every great prolific offense uh, has had. It's not just been that one guy necessarily. I like spreading it around. Um, there were years when I was covering the Rams where three different guys were closing in on a thousand yards receiving. If the Raiders can get to that point, uh, and I think that is the goal where you have two, maybe three guys as receiver weapons, and I'm throwing Darren Waller into that mix because, you know, you can never ever forget about him. Um, but when you start looking at uh, all of those uh, components and being able to come at teams with waves, I think the multiple look um, is, is the way to go. Back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, want to talk to Raider Dave. Uh, oh, uh, Steve uh, is on the line. How you doing, Steve? Doing good. How are you doing today? Doing good, thank you. Um, I just had two quick questions. One is, what do you think that we're doing defensively with the secondary? Because, I mean, I know we've got good young talent in the secondary, don't get me wrong, but I just feel there's too many proven names out there, veteran-wise, that could come in and not only help, but you got Richard Sherman, Pat P out there. You could even bring in Tenkwe to help at the safety position with Abrams as well. And then back to what you were piggybacking on with the Chiefs, uh, I understand that, you know, I would rather have multiple receivers in one. I completely get that. But what do you really think we're doing with the John Brown signing versus, you know, giving Edwards his shot and the other young ones around? Because, like you said, Renfro, Waller, Zay Jones showed flashes. I mean, Aguilar showed flashes and then bailed on us. I mean, shouldn't we rely with the talent we have versus going out and trying to sign a big name? Because that hasn't worked out for us in recent years, going after big-name receivers. Well, I don't think that, um, you know, I don't think that necessarily, um, you know, John Brown represents a big name. Uh, he's very cost-effective at $3 million. I think that he's going to come in and be able, just like he was in, in, in Buffalo these last couple of years. And I think if he was healthy last year, uh, you probably wouldn't be getting him at the price that you're that that, that the Raiders are are, are getting him. Um, I think that uh, he's a guy that's going to be able to be a complementary uh, part of an ensemble uh, wide receiver group. But it's incumbent on I I have no problem and I have full confidence uh, in Jonathan um, in, in John Brown getting the job done. Uh, the, the, where I need to what I need to see what Raider Nation needs to see what the Raiders need to see. Uh, is uh, you know Henry Ruggs taking that step forward and Brian Edwards taking that step forward, and I don't think in any shape or form John Brown um, takes away from that production and that development. I think he's going to be in here, like I said, as an ensemble piece to this young core that they already have uh, uh, put together. So um, appreciate the call, um, Raider Nation Radio nine twenty a.m. You're in the huddle with Vinny Monsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. What's good, Raider Nation? Welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador. And oh, by the way, Another move by the Raiders, Gabe Jackson um, has been traded to the Seattle Seahawks uh, for a fifth-round draft pick. So uh, they were able to uh, trade Rodney Hudson for a third-round pick, Gabe Jackson for a fifth-round pick. They're stocking up uh, for that 2021 draft, which is a month away or so. Um, so uh, hate to see Rodney and Gabe go, uh, two players that were uh, stalwarts and anchors and reliable veteran presences um, you know, on that Raiders offensive line. But, um, you know, uh, sometimes 
you got to move on, uh, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Money uh, comes into play. Uh, Colton Miller has to get paid here pretty soon, and it's a pretty penny uh, paying uh, left tackles in the NFL. Uh, he's coming up on year five of his contract. It's time, basically, uh, to renegotiate it and make sure that they get him uh, under lock and key. Uh, you don't want to go into the whole having to think about doing the franchise tag one year and the next year and holdouts and you know, uh, bad feel, all of that, uh, go ahead and get that taken care of. And I think the Raiders are definitely gearing up uh, to take care of Gold, uh, Colton Miller. But in the process, it means, you know, players, uh, um, you know, have to move on. You have to move on from players. And so veterans Rodney Hudson and Gabe Jackson are now uh, on their way out. Uh, but at the very least, two players that, you know, everyone was freaking out, thinking that the Raiders were just going to release and cut for nothing, uh, at the very least, uh, the Raiders end up with a third-round pick for Rodney Hudson and a fifth-round pick uh, for, for Gabe Jackson. So uh, they'll be able to go into the draft now and address, um, you know, uh, offensive line, some other needs. They've got more picks today than they had yesterday, and that's always uh, a, a good thing. Um, so we're going to go back out to the Raider Nation listener line. Raider Dave is in Denver, uh, wants to talk about uh, everything that's going on. And I'll tell you what, uh, it, there's no shortage of what's going on. How you doing? <laughs> Well, you're right about that. Thanks, Vinny. I appreciate you uh, letting me on. Um, first is, uh, has Lincoln been on? I didn't listen all day. Has he been able to come on and talk about offensive line stuff or will he in the, in the near future? I'm sorry. One more time. I didn't catch the name. Oh, I said, if, if, is Lincoln going to come on and, and talk a little offensive line here in the new, near future? And I apologize. Yes, he was, and he, he was today, actually on uh, earlier today, so uh, he came okay, on at the well, top have of the to, hour. Have to check the podcast then. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Absolutely. Well, uh, yes, Lincoln was on um, uh, uh, today and uh, gave his thoughts about the offensive line. Um, so you know, um, we'll we'll it's 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 in flux, obviously. Uh, but um, you know, there's there's a reason why. Uh, oh a, well, here's my thing. On it. I mean, I, I totally agree. If you I don't understand why Raider Nation is so upset because I mean, there's six years left on Gruden's deal. He's not going to have, you know, Jackson and Hudson playing till they're 38. I mean, they had the luxury of coming in uh, when Gruden did, and there was a veteran offensive line here, but they couldn't all stay together. They couldn't all be on the field at five games, and that wasn't even in a stretch. So younger guys can make stretch plays that they really need, which is one, what's going to get Jacobs those one-cut 80-yard darts, and that's the untold yardage number that the Raider offense has been lacking. And if a 32-year-old or 37-year-old, and incognito, bless him, he's coming back, but he's an older guy too, for these guys to run out and get that second and third level block, it's not easy for these dudes. And if they do get nicked up, they spend more time in the tub than a 24, 25, 27-year-old guy. And I believe Mayock knows that there's going to be plenty of cap casualty linemen around the NFL, and they can go ahead and save more money and bolster where they are uh, lacking, whether it's uh, depth at wide receiver or depth at cornerback or depth at wherever it is. But it takes the youth to go ahead and run those stretch plays. And I think that uh, as far as Brown goes, I watched some highlights on that guy. When that dude is open... He is really open, not just NFL open, like college open. That guy can separate, and that's exactly what Ruggs needs to, to example himself behind and learn that kind of stuff from somebody on the field, not just from the coaches. 
And as far as anybody from Pittsburgh, man, it feels like we are Pittsburgh's recycling center. Switzer, Bryant, Brown, forget all that. Forget it. No more of that. I don't want any more of that. I'm excited about where they're going because I think this is an offensive line that is going to tear people up because they're going to be much more uh, athletic and they can play together for the whole season. Much bigger chance of them playing together for the entire season. What do you think? Well, and, you know, I hate to throw this uh, aspect at it, but it, and it's not going to cost them $60 million or 50 something million million as it did last year. And, and, you know, that's just the way it, for it. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's just the way it goes sometimes in the ebb and flow of, of the NFL. But um, obviously they're going to get younger, and uh, in some cases anyway. And uh, I would keep an eye on that draft uh, for some tackle um, you know, uh, possibilities. But they're going in a different direction, and uh, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I've seen it so many times where you move on. Uh, everybody freaks out, but then the guy behind, uh, you know, the, the replacement is just as good, if not better. So, um, you know, we'll see uh, if that is the case with this Raiders defensive or offensive line. Back to the Raider Nation listener line. Uh, Junior is in uh, North Vegas. How you doing, Junior? Hey, Vinny. Thanks uh, for taking my call. It's actually Jr., but I know it looks like Junior because that's what oh, I'm my bad. Okay, no worries, no worries. I've called him many times. Hey. A couple things. One, I just want to uh, commend you and encourage you in how you're dealing with Raider Nation. Um, <laughs> man, we got some very passionate fans, and I appreciate that. Uh, but I think their their GM uh, license needs to be revoked because um, just to be over-emotional over losing a player, something that Belichick does all the time, he releases players um, that seem to be, well, why would he do that? To, to be able to make a move to improve the team. Um, I hated seeing Hudson go, uh, but I know that they got a plan. I'm good with that because, um, you know, when, when Gruden came on, people don't like to say this, but 10 years to turn a franchise around that for years has struggled. I mean, we are, we've been the bottom of the barrel for so long. And it's going to take some time to turn this massive ship around in order to get back to the commitment of excellence. So I just wanted to commend you and encourage you to keep on keeping on. And I know it's tiring. I, can't, I know it's exhausting. But, um, man, I encourage you and I appreciate you. Uh, second thing is, uh, I, you know, this number one right receiver thing, I think people forget this is the new NFL. With the yeah. way uh, free agency is, with the way – the salary cap is, this is no NFL. And I love what you're saying in that you got to have options. And when you look at Derek Carr, he's the perfect quarterback to be in a position because he spreads it around. And I love that. I love the fact they brought in Brown in so that, you know, Russ can learn from him. But, man, I'm looking forward to Ruggs next season being able to have a full offseason. I'm looking forward to Edwards having a full offseason so that they can work with, with Carr and, 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 and just kind of spread it around and have a prolific offense. One question Absolutely. I have for you, and I missed, I missed um, uh, having um, Lincoln on. I did not get to hear what he had to say. But I, just, just a curious question, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. Um, is there any rumblings, or do you know of anything as to why that the story is that you know, Hudson didn't want to be here? Um, and, and, and all of that behind it. Uh, yeah, very, very quickly. I think, it, I think he had just gotten, uh, and I really appreciate the call, JR. I, I, I think he just got to a point where this stage of his career, this stage of his life, 32 years old, 
Um, he wanted some place where he wanted to maybe go someplace where, hey, is there a better chance to win like right now? I'm not saying that's going to happen in Arizona, but I think that you know, seven years here, hey, you know, uh, it was it was just kind of time to move on, and I think the Raiders were okay with that. They knew that they had uh, Andre James waiting in the line at. And at, a, at a fraction of the cost. Appreciate the call, JR. Real quickly, uh, let's go back out to the Raider Nation listener line one more time. Stephen in Australia. How you doing, Stephen? Yeah, good, Vinny. How are you? I'm doing really good, thanks. That's good, mate. Um, just got a couple of little questions for you. Uh, first one, uh, Solomon Thomas. Uh, I was really high on him coming out of college, um, but he seems like he didn't really have that impact as like you know the third overall in 2017. Uh, how do you see him fitting in on our defense, because I kind of see it as a bit of a like-for-like with uh, and Farrell. So, yeah, just want to get your thoughts on him. And also, um, I just want to know if we're possibly looking to... I know Rodney Hudson is traded. Do you reckon we're going to either replace him or just run with the young center James? Cheers. Yeah, I think Andre James is going to be the, is the next in line at center. Uh, as far as Solomon Thomas, you know, I think that the more bodies, the better. The more uh, upside, he's 25 years old, uh, uh, the better. And he's going to be put in there and... Uh, asked to compete for a job, and if he and if he wants to get his career, you know, on track and and be the player that a lot of people assumed and thought he was going to be, uh, it's on him to make those necessary steps. But at the very least, um, he's a guy that's been around. He's a guy that's been productive uh, at, at times, uh, and still is is a young enough age uh, where he's still got t- some time to put it all together. But I suspect that he's going to be a guy that. Uh, is part of this rotation. And now when you start looking at the names now, Quinton Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, Maurice Hurst, Jonathan Hankins, Cleve Farrell, Max Crosby, Yannick Ngagwe, uh, Carl Nassib, Arden Key, David Irving, all of a sudden that defensive line population looks a lot stronger right now because there's much more depth, much more options, a lot of versatility. And it'll be interesting to see how, John, how Gus Bradley uh, and and um, Rod Marinelli, uh, the defensive line coach, utilize these guys. Hey, I want to say thank you to all the callers. Really appreciate it. I know it was a busy day. Appreciate you spending some time with us. All the input. Uh, we love it. You know what, that we do. We'll be back at it tomorrow, 4 to 6 p.m. Uh, to recap whatever happens tomorrow. Keep an eye on the secondary uh, safety, uh, and we'll see where it goes with the offensive tackle. Um, but we really appreciate it. And uh, 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 Damon, Damon Cotton, sorry about that. I keep saying Damon Arnett. Damon Cotton, really appreciate everything that you do back at home base uh, as the producer of the show, keeping us on track, keeping it uh, moving, uh, and making us sound good. Uh, to everybody else, have a great day. We will talk to you tomorrow in the huddle. Vinny Monsignor brought to you by Tequila Embajador.